Okay, so this morning, now generate, you're going to be in, um, I forget what age you are in generate, what age are they in generate? Primary school age, excellent. Well, if you're in primary school, you need to keep your ears open a little bit, all right, because I'm going to be getting you involved at some point, I need your help um, at least once or maybe twice uh, this morning, so keep your ears open. And we're going to be carrying on the series of Life in the Spirit, and uh, and, uh, we've been going on since January, and focusing in today on, the title is Walking in the spirit. And I want to focus in on one verse in Galatians. And if you've got a Bible, open up Galatians. It's a letter in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul wrote to a bunch of churches uh, in the region of Galatia. Be a little bit like Paul writing, I don't know, to the churches in Norfolk, something like that. Um, it was a region of churches that he was writing to, and they were hitting some, specifically, some, di- some specific challenges. And we'll get to that. And I want to focus in on chapter 5 and particularly hone in on verse 25, where Paul writes this. He says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. What does that mean to you? Don't have to shout it out, but just think. Does it sound, do you know what that means? How would you maybe describe what that meant? If Paul is speaking this to Christians, my guess is he's expecting us to kind of understand a little bit about, well, this is what that looks like and what it means. So what do you think? Maybe you think it sounds a bit weird. You know, if we walk by the Spirit, well, what on earth does that mean? You know, it sounds a little bit sort of out there maybe, walking by the Spirit. I'm not sure I've got legs to walk on. I don't know about walking by the Spirit. So what does it mean? Well, the context of Paul's words here, are he's writing to these churches in Galatia, and they're basically moving away from the gospel of grace, the good news of all that Jesus has done, all that we've been singing about and hearing about this morning. They're moving away from that, or they're kind of trying to add to it. And we'll get to that in a minute. And that's when he says, walk by the Spirit. And before he gets to chapter 5, obviously, and there weren't chapter numbers, we know this, okay, many know this, there were not chapter numbers in Paul's original letter. But obviously, the chapter 5, as we now have it, is you've got four chapters prior to that. So Paul doesn't start off his letter by saying to them, walk by the Spirit. What he wants them to know first is the gospel of grace before he gets to that. Now, it's a bit like, well, some of the ways I think about the gospel and about what Jesus has done, trying to explain that and understand it myself, is it's a little bit like getting on a plane. Who's been on a plane? Any generate age, been on a plane. Hands up if you've flown on a plane. Been on a plane? Yep, some of you. Okay. Who loves flying? Adults can put their hands up as well, by the way. Who loves flying? Yeah, I've said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, some people just get on planes like, yeah, love it. My wife's like that, Jean. I'm like, yeah, you know, 30,000 feet up in the air on a tin can doesn't really do it for me too much. I'm okay with it, but believe you me, and we'll get there in a minute, this is, it's by faith. Um, <laughs> and interestingly, this morning, there's been a number of things that have been shared that really weave in that I'll just kind of hopefully will come together in what I'm saying almost. And Simon, when he got up just now, he talked about how, you know, we've got our ticket, as it were. And when you get on a plane, you want to make sure that you've You've got your ticket. Now, if you're going to fly, let's say I'm going to go to America, okay? I'm going to fly to America. Right, generate, guys. Imagine I'm going to go to America, and I say I'm going to fly there, 
And you say, sure. And then I say, I'm going to go now, and I'm going to stand outside the front door here, and I'm going to start flapping my arms. Because I want to fly to America. Yeah? What's going to happen when I start flapping my arms outside the front door here to get to America? What's going to happen? I'm going to fly. <laughs> no, well, I, like, I love your faith in me. I really do. What other? What's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen. Apart from I may get arrested or particularly look stupid or you'll take the mic. <laughs> what? You'll come and watch and have a chat with me. Thanks, Ralph. I appreciate that, mate. That's what friends are for. But that's what would happen, wasn't it? Because if I'm going to fly to America, what do I need? An aeroplane. I need an aeroplane. I can't fly on my own. When we fly, we trust a power that is greater than ourselves to do for us what we cannot do within our own strength and to get us where we need to go. Yeah? That's what getting on a plane does. And it's that imagery I want to use to just explain where Paul goes before he talks about living by the Spirit, about getting on a plane. In one sense, the first step is you get on board the plane. You're not going anywhere. You can flap as hard as you want. You're going nowhere unless you get on board that plane. And so you leave home, you get in the departure lounge, and, and you get on board the plane, and you sit there. And you don't do a lot else. I mean, I get it. You enjoy the peanuts if you enjoy them. Um, and some flights, you don't get a lot nowadays, do you? You have to pay a fortune for water. Anyway, we won't go there. But the point is, is you get down, you sit on your seat, and you're powerless, actually, to make anything happen. You have to sit and you have to trust. You have to trust the airline. You have to trust the pilot. You have to trust that they're qualified. You have to trust that they can do what they say they will do. And in Galatians chapter 2, verse 16 and verse 20 as well, Paul says this to the Galatians. Look, hey guys, kind of stop flapping. It's all about trust. It's all about faith. And he says to get on board, he says this, a person is not justified. What does that mean? To be justified means to be made right with God through God's right action for us, for his action in the world. And that's through what Jesus has done. So it's to be made right with God. Nobody, a person is not justified, they're not made right with God or brought back into relationship with God by works of the law, that's like your own efforts, you're flapping, but through faith in Christ. And then Paul goes on to say, the life I now live, I live by faith. In what? In my own efforts, in my own actions? No, in the Son of God, in Jesus, who loved me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, and gave himself up for me. He gave himself up. That's the cross. That's the crucifixion. That's where Jesus gave himself up for us, to pay for our sin. We've just sung it, haven't we? My debt is paid in full. Do you really believe that? Simon shared about that. Past, present, future. Someone did. I've lost track who shared what now. Do you really believe that? Paul wants the Galatians to believe that. And how do you get on board the plane? Well, the Bible talks about a number of things. It talks about repentance. And repentance is a, like a U-turn, a 180. It's a, you turn away from living one direction. You turn towards to follow Jesus, to put your trust in him, to ask for forgiveness. You repent, you believe, you put your trust in. You get baptized. 
That's this imagery, this symbol, but much more than that as well, this, this action of identifying your life fully with Jesus when you get baptized. And I'd encourage you, if you've not been baptized and you say you follow Jesus, you say, actually, yeah, I put my trust in Christ. Get baptized. Easter Sunday, baptisms. If you don't know who to talk to, talk to one of the welcome team or your life group leader or someone about it. But get baptized. That's how you get on board the plane. Put your trust in him. The second thing we do when we get on a plane, hopefully, is that it takes off, doesn't it? You sit there and it taxis around onto the runway and, then if you've, and you sit there and you wait for that sort of the, I don't know, the engines to kick in on another level and you feel that force as you kind of take off down the runway and you start lifting off the ground. Again, at that point, I am doing diddly squat. <laughs> I'm doing nothing at that moment, okay, to help that plane fly. I'm receiving power, as it were, that's lifting me up, that's enabling me to do something I couldn't otherwise do. And that's, again, the promise of the gospel. And Marcus uses the phrase, and I think he's probably used it in the preaching series so far, that the gospel comes with batteries, batteries included. You know, you get those toys that don't have batteries included, and you, they're, they're, they're lifeless. They physically exist. The good news of what God promises us comes with batteries. The power to do what we couldn't do before. But the Bible talks about a power that is greater than us in terms of sin. It says that sin is like that. It's not just the things we do wrong, but Paul uses it in Romans and other places that sin is like this power that has an effect on our lives that we need freedom from. And the promised Holy Spirit is just that. And I'd encourage you, listen to the preaching series that have been coming on. If you haven't, be talking about it into the life groups. I'm sure you have been and continue to sort of listen to what it means to be a person filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's just like Jesus. And even in Galatians chapter 4, it says that, talks about the spirit of his son, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of his son. It's just like Jesus. So you get on board a plane, you take off a plane, then what's next? You're now flying. You're going somewhere. And so the next thing is expect progress. And I don't know what you're like if you've ever flown, you're looking at your little TV screen in front of you, and then if you look on map, and you've got a, a picture of a plane, haven't you? And it's moving very, very, depends how far you're going, obviously. If you're going on a long-haul flight, it's hard, you sit and watch it for five minutes, and this thing hardly moves. Like, are we actually going anywhere? Are we actually getting anywhere? Then maybe you fall asleep or watch a film, and you come back, and you're like, oh, it's, it's moved on a little bit, hasn't it? And the Christian life, there's an expectation from Paul in this letter that there would be progress in their lives. In fact, when Paul writes to his friend Timothy, he says to his friend Timothy, let your progress be evident to all. In other words, there should be some visible progress in what? Well, in becoming more like Jesus, in Christ's likeness. In fact, he says in 424 verse 19, I'm in labor until Christ is formed in you. I'm working hard, Paul says, until Christ is formed in you. That's his expectation, that if we're a Christian, we become more Christ-like. And like the little plane on the screen, <laughs> doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes you look up and think, has anything changed? Has it moved on at all? But there is this expectation that this is what will happen, not just individually, but actually in a community of people as well. That as we, we're celebrating our 35 years, as a church. That's not just kind of like the stuff we've done, but there is, there's a maturity, there's a greater Christ-likeness in the church in our relationships with one another. That is the expectation. 
that Paul has. And that's what we should expect as well. So what does it look like? What does it look like? I mean, how would you describe it? Well, I think in Galatians chapter 5, where we're looking at, 5 verse 22 has a pretty good explanation of what it looks like. The fruit of the Spirit. And if you've been a Christian any length of time, you'd probably be very familiar with these. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And when I, when I think about these things, I don't just think about myself and am I growing in these. I think about the kind of community I want to be part of as well. In fact, the kind of world I want to live in. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's got to be a good community to be part of, isn't it? (laughs) Who doesn't want to be more like that? And it's interesting that these fruit are first of all, uh, they're, they're first in, internal, they're first sort of heart matters before they become externally displayed. They're things of the heart. And again, that's the promise of the gospel, that where our heart is messed up, God gives us a new heart and new desires. And maybe just, just take a moment, just look at those things there and just think maybe this week, this month, what one thing would you want to be praying for to grow in over the coming month. Children, if you've got your, you got, might have some fruit of the Spirit pictures, you might want to write down something, just one thing, and parents can kind of help you, maybe one thing that you feel, do you know what, I'm going to be more like that. What's it like for you? Oh, is it up there? Should be up there. There it is. There you go. Which one do you want to grow in? Now, whatever comes to mind, maybe write it down or hold it in your head. Don't just forget about it when you walk out the doors. Think about it this week. Pray into it. Ask God for help in it. Yeah? I've said before, when, when one of the ways I tried to practice this was like love, was, was when maybe children would wake up. My children, close your ears. Uh, <laughs> you know, wake up when you know, I didn't want them to, and I'd walk up the stairs or saying, I'd walk up each step going, love is patient, love is kind, love is patient, love is kind, love is patient, love is kind. Why? Because I want to grow in that fruit. And I need to put it into practice. We'll get to that in a minute. But we need, to, we need to not just hear these things, but work out ways to do it. And that's what we're going to look at now, is how we grow in that Christ-like character. Now, generate children. Going to need your help here. If you can get on your feet, that would be wonderful. And I've got three volunteers as well. Um, adult volunteers. So if I can have the adult volunteers, that'd be wonderful. Come on. Uh, excellent, excellent, excellent. How many have we got? One, two. Okay, brilliant. Okay, so children, generate age. Can you do me a favor? Can you form a line? Can you have, if you have one there, one there, and one there. So Emily, you come in the middle here. Face that way. Children, line up behind some of these leaders. Okay, line up behind them if you can. All right, we've got a little challenge for you. Okay, line up. Where are you going, Derek? Come on. <laughs> You're gathering them. Well, they don't have to. I don't want them to feel forced. Uh, <laughs> but we've got, we've got quite a few. Okay, line up behind. Okay, you want to get some over there behind Derek? Some get behind. Wow, we've got loads. My goodness. <laughs> you, and leaders move forward a little bit because they want to make room behind them. Okay, line up behind them. Line up behind them. Line up behind them. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. When you're all in a line, let me know. 
Okay, all face that way. Have you, have you ever played follow the leader? What you've got to do is keep your eye on the leader, and whatever they do, you have to do. Okay, there's going to be some music come on. Whatever they do, you've got to do. Now, the challenge is going to be, is those who are near to them, your job is to try and distract them. Now, no tickling, no touching, no tickling, nothing like that, okay. But your job, the adults are going to try and distract you from following the leader and doing what they're doing, okay? So, we're going to play some music. You go off, do some, follow the leader, do whatever you want to do, within reason. And... um, (laughs) And the kids are going to follow you. Go up to the end, turn around and come back. They've got to follow you and not be distracted. And you've got to do everything that they do. Okay? So you've got to copy them. Music's going to come on, apparently. Brilliant. Off you go. Try and distract them. You've got to do exactly like they do. (laughs) Emily's going particularly slowly. Then turn round and come back. Oh, I wonder where they've gone this lot. They're crawling. <laughs> That's impressive. Right, and then come back. Give them a clap. Give them a clap as they're doing it. Come on, come on, join in. Emily, well done. Well done. Well done, well done. Well done. Round of applause for all our wonderful children. Well done. Well done. I've made the fatal error of not bringing any chocolate to reward them with. Um, I do apologise. Shame on me, Kit. Thank you, Kit. <laughs> Kit just walked past and said, shame on me. So anyway, there we go. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Oh, children. Let me give you... Let me, I've got a question for you. Where's the microphone? There we go. Right. Can I, can I ask you a question, children? Children, children. What did you need to do to make sure you did what the leader did. What did you need to do? What did you... Go on, say it loud. Listen. Listen, yeah? You need to listen. Keep up. Keep up, keep in step. Very good. Any more? Oh, Frank. Go on, Frank. What was it? He said you have to watch him. Oh, very, very, very good. So look at that. You have to keep your eye on them. You have to listen. You have to keep in step. Which is exactly what we're meant to do with following Jesus. When we walk in the Spirit. The fact is, we all follow others. All of us are influenced by other people. Even if you're not a Christian and you wouldn't call yourself that, whatever. All of us are influenced by others. And even nowadays, don't we? It's a career, isn't it? To be an influencer. Literally, you can make, you know, make a living out of being an influencer. People follow people on social media and YouTube, and we are influenced by them. And at the end of the day, I think it's true that we become like those we follow. Do you think that's true? That we become like those we follow. The ones that are influencing us. And I wonder who's shaping your life most. For the Christian, it is saying that Jesus is the one I'm going to follow. He is my leader. He's my influencer. And as was said earlier with this Sue, she was absolutely that. She was one who followed Jesus through her life and through the difficult things as well. She was one who followed Jesus, who's now with him. 
And we're called to be like that, to live like that in the world. And just three brief things that we do. Focus on the one out front. Be rooted in grace. You see, the Galatians and, and, and the gospel of grace, be rooted there. The Galatians were really like, um, I guess, they were like getting on the plane and they weren't just flapping outside a front building. They were literally getting on a plane that was flying, sitting on the plane and flapping their arms on the plane, thinking that they're kind of, you know, do you know what? I think this might be helping. <laughs> I think that, phew, look at what I'm doing. Isn't this impressive? <laughs> this plane wouldn't be in the air if it wasn't for me. I mean, you're going to think they're nuts, aren't you, if they're doing that? Yeah, how often as Christians do we flap? Thinking that somehow it's going to be down to our good works and our efforts to make us right with God. And we try and add to what Jesus has done. Well, if I'm a slightly better person this week, if I do that this week, if I go to church often enough, read the Bible often, whatever it might do, if I do those things, if, if we're doing those things to make ourselves right with God, we're flapping. Doesn't mean we don't do those things. The Galatians, they were adding in, in their case, it was circumcision. Don't think there's any danger of that. But there is a danger of other things that we can add in rather than actually enjoying the grace of God. That's why we bang on about it a lot. That's why we speak it a lot. That's why we love to sing about the grace of God. And Jesus said that flapping will not produce fruit. If you want to be more like Jesus, flapping will not produce that fruit. It just doesn't. Jesus said, if you abide in me, if you make your home in me, abide in my words, he said. Abide in my truth and who he is and what he's done. He said, out of that, you will bear much fruit. But it's abide first. It's make your home in first. It's be rooted in grace first. And then when we fail and when we fall, we fall, as it were, on the aeroplane. And it doesn't mean that sin doesn't matter. Johnny shared, didn't he, very openly there, that we struggle, we sin, we fail. But we're in a place of grace when we do. That's not an excuse for sin. Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 6 and, and so on. But, you know, chapter 5, chapter 6. But we, when we fall, we, we, we're with Christ. We're in the plane. And so it's so important that we start by focusing on him, the one out front. Second thing is be intentional. If you read through Galatians, again, maybe go through these things in your life group. Um, he says things like, you know, don't practice these things. And he lists a load of things like jealousy and outbursts of anger and drunkenness and envy and all these sorts of things. He lists a load of things. He says that, hey, th these are not good things to practice. Now, I know it's blindingly obvious don't practice those things, but yet still we can, lead, we, can, we can find ourselves getting distracted, can't we? Like trying to do follow the leader and you've got all sorts of things, kind of temptations coming in, trying to distract us, to take us off track. But we need to be intentional. Practice what Jesus says. And I'd encourage you, again, talk about it in life groups. If you want to know the fruits of the Spirit and what they look like in practice, I would say two passages to go to in the Bible. One, I'd go to the Sermon on the Mount. If I want to know what the fruit of the Spirit looks like in everyday practice, read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Read there. Meditate on that. Think about it. If you want a kind of shortened version, <laughs> a little pricey paragraph or two on it, go to Romans chapter 9 to 20, um, verses 12, um, chapter 12, verse 9 to 21. Romans 12, 9 to 21. That sort of fleshes out what it looks like. And I'd encourage you, pray through those things from a place of grace, and ask God for the grace to then put them into practice in the week, in all the different situations that you will, believe you me, 
if you're alive, you will have plenty of opportunities to practice these things. That's just the way it is. Just go about your week. There'll be lots of opportunity. And pray into those things. And trust that God will give you a power greater than yourself to enable you to live like that, to love like that. I'm aware that when I start to try and put things into practice, that actually it then drives me to pray as well, because I realize my need for God. I need help. And the Holy Spirit is a helper. It's the helper. So follow and focus on the one out front. Be intentional. We've heard those things. Listen. And expect some resistance and turbulence as well. When you fly in a plane, who, who likes flying and likes turbulence? Some do. Oh, my goodness. Go and see someone, please. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> wow. Okay. I don't like turbulence. Yeah, that, that, oh, no, I can't be doing with it. Um, but expect turbulence, and Paul talks about that here, really. He talks about the challenge of the, the flesh, our unredeemed parts of us, if you like. Um, the sinful nature Bible talks about this, and I've got time to unpack that now. But the point is, there are challenges to walking with Jesus. There are these distractions. There are these temptations that can seek to knock us off track. And also, sometimes it is through seasons of difficulty and suffering that we find hard as well. And the Bible promises us that, he's, that Jesus is the good shepherd. Sometimes that's the good green pastures. It's all good. Other times the promise is God will lead you through dark valleys. He will do that. He is the good shepherd. And he will lead us ultimately home, as we've heard this morning as well. You know, Ralph's word talked about that, didn't it? Sometimes there's dark valleys we go through. There's suffering. There's difficulty. So we want to be those that walk in the Spirit and trust for the grace that God will enable us to do so and put the things into practice that he calls us to. Shall we stand, please? And I'd like to invite Tim and the band to come back up. And children, thank you for your help again. Thank you for excellent followers of the leader. Give them another give them encouragement, our lovely children, because we, we love our kids. We really do. Let's stand, and I'd like to pray, and then... Uh, We'll see where we go from there. Father, our trust is that as we get on that plane, Lord, maybe we've done that many years ago, or maybe more recently, or maybe we're not even on it yet. Maybe we're just in the departure lounge looking on wondering whether to even get on board. I thank you, Lord, that when we do get on board, that, that, that we suddenly find, that again, that scripture was read out earlier, the psalm, I think you talked about it, didn't it? I was in mud and mire. I was in a messy old place, and you took me out of that and put me on a rock. It's like we find something solid. We, like a, even a plane in the sky feels solid to us. We, we can sit in it. It carries us. And thank you that your gospel is like that. That, that what you've done, Jesus, does exactly that. And it's not just for a moment, but for our lives. And I want to pray more than anything that out of trying to walk in the Spirit, that each one of us would be deeply, deeply rooted in the knowledge of your love for us, your grace to us, your mercy, your help. And it's all, it's, it's, it's all a grace. Lord, we don't want to be those that are flapping around, trying to kind of get ourselves to you, make ourselves right with you. We thank you. Jesus has done it. He's, it's finished. It's done. And we want to live out from that place. And so I pray, help us to continue to do that. Help us to do it this week.
All the different things. Across this room, there'll be a multitude of things that we're facing, that we're walking in. And I pray you'd give us the grace to walk by the Spirit in all of them. Amen.